you open the door uh, to a small Brooklyn apartment, uh, there is a uh, a living room slash sort of kitchen area in front of you. There's a, a couch. There's a dog uh, sleeping on the couch. Uh, and on your left, there's a door. Uh, on the left sort of back corner of the room, there's a door. Uh, what do you do? Um, so I'm just going to walk to the couch okay. at the dog. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the dog is like, he's pretty chill. He's kind of spooked when you first touch him. But... Uh, you know he's he's pretty happy, as as you're as you're giving him a little scritch. All right, cool. So I, I pet him. I'm gonna walk to the door now. Okay. Can I open the door? Uh, it is locked. Ah, uh, dang it! All right, I'm gonna try to kick down the door. Okay. Uh, can you roll me a strength check? Uh, uh listen. Uh, I got what that one. That one. Ah, buddy. Uh, So you, like, get, like, a running start to kick in this door. uh, But you didn't notice that there was a a banana peel on the the floor. And you just slip and fall on your ass. Yeah, you won't take any damage. But, uh, I mean, I, I would feel that you are very embarrassed. You're now lying on your back. Uh in this apartment well that's D&D <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls everyone outside and in between welcome, welcome back. back you got me misty eyed there <gasps> I'm missing I'm missing Homer Harry Larry son <laughs> and Kyron I miss them all uh, what good times oh dear lord D&D good times um Welcome back, podcast. That's Here us, baby. My name is Sam Banigan. And I am Andrew Thomas. How you uh, doing, Sam? bud? Oh, I'm doing fine. Was I, Did I say I did bad last week? Did I? I, I felt know. bad. Either way, I'm feeling good this week, so hey. Great. I hopefully. mean, you got the sun's, sun's out, guns out right now. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing <laughs> n- just a tarp to cover my nipples and nothing else. Yeah, that's all, uh, that's all we got. <laughs> That's all you need, yes, bud. That's all I need. How about you? How are you? I'm um, fine. Fuck it. Who cares? Uh, I we, care. <laughs> uh, we did a mo- we did a movie. Watch. We did. We Again. watched a movie in a theater, and that movie is Onward. Disney Pixar's Pixar's on- Onward. Onward. 2020. We saw it. We did it. Oh boy, Sam, what'd you think? That's good. Uh, it's a good, it's a solid Pixar flick. I don't know. I don't have any major issues with it. I was like, yeah, this is a solid little fun Pixar movie. Nothing, nothing bad about it. Uh, I walked out of this movie and I thought you were going to love it. I thought I was like, ooh, Sam's going to be like, ooh, yeah, oh, yeah. Onward, I onward. I quite enjoyed it, but it, is it one of my favorite movies? Like no. Oh. Well, what about I, you? What'd you think? I did you hate it? I didn't hate it. I just was very underwhelmed, and for Pixar, that makes me sad. Yeah, makes me very sad. But I was quite underwhelmed. 
but yeah. So that's the podcast, folks. That's the um, podcast, everybody. Uh, stick around for another hour as we talk about more mediocrity. Yes, and probably some good goofs we'll talk about. Has anything else in media happened? We do this. Uh, James Bond. Isn't that wild? What, that it got delayed? That got delayed? Yeah. It's crazy. Although it does help, because I was like, oh, I need to watch all the movies, because I haven't seen them all in so long. Uh, So then I'm like, ah, now I have until November. Yeah. You're not going to watch all 25, yeah? No, just the new one. Just the Craig ones. Yeah. Just because I'm like, I haven't seen Casino Royale in many moons. In many a moon. Um, Who do you want to play The Last of Us People? Oh, fuck. I haven't really thought about it, honestly. I hope they get people who aren't super big. Okay. Like, I don't I don't need a, a Hugh Jackman or whatever. Tom Hardy. Yeah, no. I don't want it to be a big name. I want it to be someone smaller. Um, yeah. Because I think it will lend the story uh, more weight. Instead of being like, look at Tom Hardy taking on this like big role, blah, blah, blah. I would be like, I don't really care. I want to see... I don't want to see Tom Hardy do a thing. I just want to see the thing. Yeah. You know? Even if they get an actor you love. Even if it's Adam Driver. Even if it's yeah, like I would st- I would just be like, ah, get someone who's, you know, not super well known. And I think that yeah. it will lend it to that story a lot better. But I am very excited because uh, Neil Druckmann, the, the director of the game, is involved. So it probably will be pretty dope. That's good. Speaking of pretty dope... Uh, I also saw The Way Back <laughs> uh, with Ben Affleck. The Ben Affleck sad basketball movie. Oh, how was that? It's was it fun. sad basketball? It was sad basketball, but I like I like Mr. Affleck. Um, he was good. Why, why'd you dribble that ball? That's all he said. Why'd you dribble that ball? <laughs> why did I drink this alcohol? <laughs> Um, it was, it was, he was great, and the movie is... Gonna get that Oscar? I mean, I mean, if it came out in November, maybe, but no one will remember. <laughs> that. Hey, that's your test. On whatever episode we're doing on the third Sunday of November, remind me of the way back. <laughs> that's your, that's your thing. I need you to do that, Sam. I'll put it in my calendar um, right now. I'm gonna be like... What? what? What's the way back? <laughs> I'm thinking about my favorite movie of the year. The Green Knight. Hopefully. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. Dev Patel. David Laurie. Dev Patel. Uh, uh, I'm putting it in my calendar. Sorry, one sec. <laughs> but yeah, we saw Onward. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. Um... That was me adding it to my calendar. It is added to uh, Sunday, November 15th. <laughs> there it is. I wonder what movie... I bet that's like a Turtles or something. It could be James Bond. Actually, Who knows? I bet it's James Bond, actually. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be some good movies coming out this year. 
I, d- I don't want to see it because it looks too sp- too spoopy for me. Um, but Saint Maud looks really good. I haven't seen a single trailer to this movie, but I'm very enticed. It looks very up your alley. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of this mediocrity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Green Knight. I'm stoked as hell for. So. Yeah. Anything Dev um, Patel does, really, I'm just like, you're great. I'll watch it. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Anyway, onward. <laughs> uh, Speaking of uh, people of color leading casts, yes, Tom Holland and and Chris Pratt, the the leading voices of diversity. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I guess let's just talk about the director, and then we could get to that cast. Dan Scanlon. Ooh, what other flicks have he has he drawn? P- Pixar stuff. Pixar stuff. Pixar stuff. Uh, he is directed. He directed Monsters University. Really, yeah. another pretty fine Pixar movie. Uh, um, and then he's just done a bunch of like other random Pixar stuff. But this yeah. is his. Uh, Third feature film. The first one was a film called Tracy in 2009 that I know. Uh, it's a mockumentary, apparently. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. That's, that's what I got for you. Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's going to be one of these episodes. Yeah, I thought the direction was fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah. It was it, it was, was fine. It was yeah. It was fine. I didn't love anything. I didn't hate anything. Mediocre. I think it worked worked just just fine. Just all right. Anything anything stand out to you? And because we've done animated movies, like comparatively to the greatness of Spider Verse or the other fine animated movie, Incredibles two. Yeah. Like, how does that direction work for you? Somewhere in the middle. More to Incredibles two, more to Spider Verse. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I, uh, I mean, I think Brad Bird did a good job with Incredibles two, but it just wasn't a great. What is that? That is a car. Okay, I was like, what the driving fuck? by? <laughs> no, um, I just decided to play reggae music. Great. <laughs> right when you were talking about this director. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I. I, nothing about it was like, oh man, this guy's really good at at directing. But nothing about it was like, man, this is really bad. <laughs> like it was just like, yeah, you did it. You successfully told this story, and that's good. Yeah, you did a good job at that, and and so that's chill. That could be enough. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is a sol- like this is a solid family movie. Yeah, it's definitely, it has bits for everybody. It, you know, it gets by. It does like cool stuff with its story, and I'm just like, yeah, this is like a like if I was a kid, like if I was ten years old, this would be my favorite movie of all time. Yeah, you know, but I'm 23, so it's not my favorite movie of all time. I'm like, yeah, it's a good, it's solid. It's a solid new Pixar movie. Spoiler alert, folks. I might really delve into my existential, even though I'm not turning 25 this year. I feel my quarter life crisis just. It's coming. It's a coming. I think we might talk about this later. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I think the direction's fine. Uh, One of my problems with this movie is that 
and it, it it's my expectations that really is the problem. Mm. I was expecting an epic adventure, a Pixar epic adventure. You know, the funny thing about Toy Story is that it is an epic adventure that takes place over two houses yeah. in two backyards. Uh, Coco is, you know, another epic adventure in a in heaven. Yeah. Or inside out in a girl's brain. And I was like, oh, this is fantasy. Oh my god, Pixar has been leading up to this. Yeah. Oh my god. And it was cute. It wasn't about the adventure, which I respect. It's about the relationship of these two brothers. But I don't know. I've seen Frozen. I don't uh, Yeah, honestly that yeah, I've seen I've seen Frozen. So I was like, yeah, I got like you got you did it. Yeah, I've seen Frozen too. Four months ago? Five months ago? Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah. That's my issue. I'm just Disney's own owns the earth. And if this was a DreamWorks movie, I'd be like, Sam, what are you talking about? This is just fine. This is great. This is yeah. this is groundbreaking. But it's Disney. It's Pixar. They've done better. And also, they do this story across all their platforms of just Frozen or even like a a Pixar or a a Marvel or something. It's, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was like, oh, Chris Pratt went from being like the abandoned son in Guardians to being the adoptive father in this. And I was exactly. like, yeah, I've seen, like, these people, especially, like, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, I've seen both of these people do this story in other movies. Like, Tom Holland just plays Peter Parker. Yes. In this. Yes. This is just Peter Parker, but magic. Which, like, is, I don't think that's a horrible thing. It's just, like, I'm 23 and I can see that. If Again, if I was 10, I would be like, this is the greatest shit on the planet. I can't wait to blow past this. Yeah, the director, it's fine. Cast, you got anything? Uh, man, remember when Lena Waithe played the first openly gay Disney character in a movie? I'm back up from the mic so it doesn't, like, <laughs> spike too hard, but uh-huh. excuse me. Oh, he's like... This virtue signaling has got to stop! <laughs> It's the first openly gay character in a in a in a Disney movie, man. And it's I'm a cyclops for... who's a cop. I'd the be so the happy. embodiment of LGBTQ plus issues. <laughs> I'd be so happy to see a gay romance in a Pixar movie. If any I would want to see that day one. Oh, it yeah. would be the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it would be important. And it would mean so much to so many people. Like if the mom in this was like bisexual and was dating and a woman. Was... I would be like, that's great. Was... That's amazing. <laughs> but I read so many things on Twitter. So many things on Twitter of just people. Oh, Pixar has, or the Onward has the first LGBT character. And, and Onward can't wait to see its voice. I love her. Uh, what's her name? Lena Wave. Oh, she's name? amazing. Lena Wave. She's great. I was like, okay, cool. I bet she's going to be a pivotal part. Okay, I saw people trashing about it. I was like, you monsters, who cares? I can't wait to see it. I was stoked to see this movie. I was ready to see this movie. And then her scene, yes, folks, her scene 
came up and I was like, oh, it's Star Wars all over again. It's Avengers Endgame it's all a ve- over It's again. a very easy scene to just sort of clip to for those international markets. It's Beauty and the Beast all over again. Yeah. See, all she says is, my girlfriend's son. My boyfriend, son. My friend's son. And no, it's 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 our it's our sorry to use this word, folks. Oh, here it it's is. our society's fault. <laughs> it's of making, you know, if you want to say, how do I phrase this? Of us lifting up these stories that really mean nothing, but like it's so just I can't imagine being a queer person seeing that loving Disney loving Pixar seeing that be like oh yeah maybe they're not into movies as much as we are they're like oh my god I'm gonna see Onward day one and they can't wait to see this character and that's the scene that's it that's all you get I don't know if it's shame on Disney shame on the reporter shame on the people who retweeted it but like I just someone needs to be shamed go for comic book Either do or do not. There is no try. To quote another property of yours, Disney. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, when when they were like, oh, the first LGBTQ plus character, I was like, great, that sounds dope. And then they were like, it's a cop. I was like, that's a little... That's okay. All right. That's a weird... That's a weird beat. But fine. Okay, we can move past it. We can move past it. It'll be fine. Yeah. She'll be like this dope character who's like kicking ass, taking names... Through the movie, and then yeah, I was like, "Oh, she's not in it. Oh, she's not in the. Oh, she's just not in the movie. Cool, 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 cool. That's great. Good job." What was that? <laughs> it's like a charger fell off my computer. That that was the other shoe dropping. That's Disney <laughs> sending a warning, saying, "Listen here, if you start, if you talk about our properties like that, I swear." I swear we to God. own the world. We will never buy your podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the cast does a good job. Octavia Spencer, Julia, Louis Dreyfus, Chris Pratt, Tom Holland. They all do a good job. Yeah. The one person that I'll give a, a very good pat on the back is Chris Pratt. It wasn't until after the movie that I realized I never heard Emmett once. Oh, Okay. And I was like, oh, for a person who's not, like, trained in voice acting, as far as I know, I have no idea, that was really good of him to not to do another, at least for me, a very famous animated character, and then do this, and I never hear that animated character once, is awesome. He did a very good job. He also had the yeah. best joke in the entire movie. What was the joke? Uh, it like made me bust out laughing it was like put it in oh for onward and i was like that's fucking hilarious that's so good (laughs) um let's see if you know my humor i giggled at a lot of stuff there's one thing i laughed like a madman at and no one else in the theater was laughing um was it when the dragon got eyebrows no no i did laugh at that um I don't know. It was the pod shop lady. Oh, of course. It was $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was literally the only person laughing. And I was like, <laughs> yuck, yuck. <laughs> um, yuck, yuck. Yeah. It was great. Uh, but yeah, Tom Holland does good. Yeah, they do a good job. Solid across the board. My problem is, is... Think of Woody. Woody is Uh neurotic. He is a leader. He's caring. He's a bit too passionate. He's arrogant. He is a a rounded character. Yes. Think of Dory. She's forgetful, but she's sweet. She's clumsy, but she 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 puts her best foot forward she, as much as she doesn't even remember to. What's what's Tom Holland's character? He's neurotic. He's a ner- he's a nerd. Chris Pratt. He's an uh, oomph. He's a, a a a lovable doofus. He's a galumph. A galumph. <laughs> That. You want to know? That's my deepest fear of people to think of me. As a glump. <laughs> I'm going to walk down the street, that glump looking. <laughs> I. Yeah. That's my thing. And. Yeah, the script is, is like passable, but none of the characters are really exciting. Also, spoilers if we haven't already spoiled things. I don't. You, you said that already. Um, because a part of me, I walked out and I was let down. But I was like, they didn't make this movie for me. They didn't make this movie for this twenty-three-year-old baby nope. boy. No, they did not. But they didn't make Coco for me either. They didn't make Inside Out for me either. They didn't make Lego Movie or Lego Movie Two or Lego Batman. They didn't make uh, Lego Shot Batman. The Sheep. So good. <laughs> They did make Sean the Sheep Farmageddon for me. If you haven't checked it out, it's great. It's the most, it's the best movie of the year so far. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's, I don't know. It's cheap. I just don't like that. Oh, well, it wasn't made for you. Well, it should be. Everything should be made for everyone. I disagree. How, in what way? I don't, I mean, I think that, I think, I think like family friendly movies, like Pixar movies and stuff should be made for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it goes the other way around. I don't think like they should make Logan for kids. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. I know what you mean. Like, yes. I think family-friendly movies should be made for everybody because, like, adults have to take their kids to watch them. But I don't think you can be like, let's do Fight Club, but for for t- kids. A three-year-old. Yeah. Saying, I, I didn't see myself in Requiem for a Dream. This is an outrage. Yeah. I'm seven and a half, and this is, this is malarkey. <laughs> um, yes. Family, major films, major tentpole films should be, you know, we talk about inclusivity, it should be for everyone. Yeah, I think they should be, like, accessible across the board. I don't think, like, 
adults should be bored out of their minds, and I don't think kids should be like dealing with super heady concepts that they can't quite grasp yet. Until yeah. until like they're older and they're like, oh, the movie is actually about like loving yourself no matter what. Shrek. Yes. Or like you know. Exactly, exactly. And, like, I hate to be the old man sitting on a porch, but, like, yeah, Shrek did it. But, like, Shark Tales didn't do it. I liked Shark Tales as a kid. But as I grew up, I was like, yeah, Shark Tales, whack. Yeah. But Shrek, still dope. But Shrek still slaps. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I feel wrong. I've, I'm back in my Jojo Rabbit mindset. I'm like, is this wrong of me? Of the for the creators, for me to go, hey, this movie's not that great. Yeah, sure, it's gonna be fine for kids, but I don't think so because just be due to the nature of like it's Pixar, and they have this reputation of like making movies that you watch as a kid and you love because you know they're bright and colorful and good and funny and all this stuff. But then you like think about them when you're a teenager and you're like oh my god that had so many messages that i completely missed yeah or or just sort of went in one ear out the other that now looking back i can be like oh that's like that like instilled a lot of virtues in, in me yeah you know like that i think that's the i think that is the ultimate goal of like children's entertainment isn't just to like distract them for a while it's like here's a thing that that they can fall in love with that then they'll think back on when they're, you know, 15 years older and be like, oh, shit, that movie is dope. Like, I hadn't thought about Iron Giant for years until uh, me and Jacob did it in the fall. And I was like, man, this movie was so dope as a kid. And it's still amazing as an adult because, like, it has all these wonderful messages in it that have carried through my life because I watched it a million times as a kid. Yeah, you know. So I don't it's, think I don't think you I don't think you have to be in. I think Jojo Rabbit is a very different example. Um, I mean, I sort of I get what you're saying, but I I don't think that it's um like a bad thing to to be like expect more from from Pixar, especially when Disney can give them all the money in the world and they'll be fine. All the money, all the resources. And it's an original property. There, you know, it's not like it's. It has to come out on May first, two thousand twenty. You know, mm. it has to meet that date. If it doesn't, people are going to riot. You can make. You can punch up a film. You can do it, it. It's. I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that the people at Pixar watched the final product and they were like, "Yeah, Toy Story." Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Up, Coco, Onward. Yeah. All the, all the same level. I think um, I think Soul will probably end up in that level. Soul looks really good. Yeah. Soul does look good. Because I think that's more of the, <laughs> like... I think Soul is more of the, like, core creatives at Pixar. Yeah, it's compared to this, which was seems like Dan Scanlon hasn't worked on any of those properties, like he did yeah. the sequel to Monsters in- to Monsters Inc. You know, so he's sort of not in the core group that would have done the Inside Outs and the Cocos and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like yeah. Soul is probably their next project. 
that's probably going to be dope. Yeah. But that also makes me really sad. <laughs> because of, from all the new blood that Pixar's brought in, all their movies are just fine to okay to, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's the monsters use. It's the good dinosaurs. It's the, it's this, it's onwards, it's brave. Uh, man, but yet over, over, you know, across the hall, they're making Wreck-It Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Frozen, Tangled. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a check and balances thing. Because when Pixar was coming out, the Disney animated movies were garbage. Yeah. They were Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. Hey, Chicken Little, Little is dope. Hey, okay. Maybe that's our next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's a movie that you can, <laughs> we can flip. I have not seen it since it, it came out when I was a child. But I remember oh. it being dope. So I, I, that's, what it, that's what it is in my brain. Little Zach Braff running around as a little chicken is great. The, the sky is falling. 10 out of 10. Anyway. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Game of the year. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking of like weird new things, uh, how did you how did you feel about not a Pixar short in front of a Pixar movie? I might have just slipped into a coma or something. I don't know. But I remember a Simpson short played in front of a Disney movie before. Or a Muppet movie or something like that. I don't... I tried to look it up and I found nothing. So, so maybe I'm you're crazy. for my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> but I swore this has happened before. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. Because I was not a fan. I was like, hail oh the man. Fiora! Hell, hell the mice! That's, that's us in five years, so... Well... <laughs> it's scary, man. How, that how got, did that fox that, still go through? That went how wild. did that fox... I was just going to talk about... I was just going to talk about how good Bao was. I mean, you just went <laughs> to a whole other place. Because it's scary, Sam! It's terrifying! Man, remember Bao? Uh, that little dumpling's so cute. The dumpling's I great. Love that, I, love I love that, that short. It made me cry. It was so good. <laughs> I'm sorry to... That's great. To bring all the cynicism to Bao. I apologize. Bao is amazing, though. It's, it's so really good. Amazing. I love Bao so much. It was. I was just like, this is so good. I'll just watch this all day. Or, or you have that Disney Plus. Have you watched their experimental uh, Pixar shorts? No. What? I this? forget what it's called. Just yeah, type in Pixar shorts. <clears throat> it's gonna be the newest one, uh, and they, it's like twenty different experimental. Shorts dealing with different animation styles, different themes. They're all really good. That sounds great. I'll watch that immediately. I don't. It's just. Yeah, I'll try to uh, message you the title. I'll just look. Um, I'll just look up Pixar on Disney Plus. It'll probably pop up. It'll it'll come up. That's dope. I want to. I'll definitely check this out. I've always loved Pixar shorts. Like they've always been so much fun. It really. That's what shocks me, that the directors, because I guarantee that the guy who directed this made some of those shorts, and they're so innovative and so new and so original and so creative, and that's like, okay, we're going to give you a feature film. 
is it I don't know is it the creative process of like hey I'm working at Pixar I can't screw this up let me just make a by the numbers story that's hard to hate yeah squirt those cats just I've started just doing misting at them uh huh cause it seems to work just as well as actually hitting them with like a little spray yeah it's, and it's funnier for me. Yeah, because it's just mist, and it's not going anywhere near them, and they're still just like, ah! Yeah. Stop it! I think it's very funny. Uh, um, yeah, let's change. It, Disney's gonna... I, I, I hate them. <laughs> gonna, gonna see uh, that Doctor Strange 2 day one, though, right? We gotta see Doctor Strange directed by Sam Raimi day one, day one. I'm gonna see Black Widow day one. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Mandalorian season two. That's this is this is how it starts. I I'm not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know laws. I don't know nothing about nothing. How did that? How did the Fox deal go through? That's my thing, because it's a major, major. It's as close as a monopoly you can get on the in, in, entertainment industry as you can. Oh yeah, it's. I don't. I mean, I don't get it. I'm sure there's some weird deal in there that they can only release a certain amount of movies. Probably. And there's like weird, like, oh yeah, you have to cancel this many projects, and you have you can only release this many movies a year, and all that sort of stuff. Even though, like, you know, for one studio to release. A big movie every month or so, every month and a half, is like a big mm. deal. But that's probably the limit that they're at, you know? Yeah. Like, if they could release a movie a month, they probably would. I mean, did they do that last year? No, I think everything's been like six weeks-ish spaced apart. And I'm sure there's different rules for, like, the Fox stuff and the Disney stuff, and they have their own internal yeah. rules of, like, when can we release a Marvel movie? When can we re-release an animated movie? Blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. I wish that it didn't happen, but it did, and if, this is the world we have to live in now. If they buy one more thing, I'm just going to... It's just going to move. I'm going <laughs> to move under a rock. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to see Mickey Mouse everywhere I go. Yeah. Um, uh, oh boy. If they release him into the free domain, then that's then we're getting the right right foot forward. Yeah, but they won't do that. Yeah. So you like D and D? I love D and D. How I we played a campaign. If anyone doesn't know, yeah, we played. It was very very fun. Yeah. I enjoyed myself. Uh, Homer, Harry, Homer Harry Larrison, the half orc, oh. elf, dwarf, halfling, elf man. Yep. If you ever uh, come see the show I produce it, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> we'll go to a pub and I'll tell you the ye tale. Um, the age old tale of ha- Homer Harry Larrison. Harry Larrison. Uh, but how do you think they handled? Because this is very D and D influenced. The entire film. Yeah. How do you think they handled that? And you know it more than I do. Uh, I think they did it. I think they did a good job. Um, I th- I thought 
yeah, it was it was like clever enough that I was like, okay, I dig this. Like the the Ravens Point thing of like, oh, there's a place called Ravens Point, but then that's actually like a red herring. You're supposed to follow these statues. I was like, that's really clever. That is a thing that I could see happening in a D and D campaign. Of like, yeah. oh, there's a place called Ravens Point, but then you're like walking down the road and you see these statues, and it's like, oh shit, maybe we're actually supposed to go that way. Who knows? Only one way to find out. Um, so I thought they did a good job about that. I mean, um, yeah, I was I, like the thing that I really enjoyed about this this movie was just the world that it existed in. That it was like, yeah, magic used to be a big deal, but then technology took over and now it's like a very modern world with these remnants of of magic and and uh i thought that was really interesting just for a a world from a world building perspective um yeah i liked it i thought it was good i thought a lot of the small flavor of of the movie was was executed really well even if i didn't love the overall story like his like patches on his jacket of the different like metal bands looked really great. I was like, oh, that's, ooh. I was like, that's so, like some fire work right there. Um, yeah. Little stuff like that. I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it follows a very basic, like, go get the thing and then fight the big thing that's protecting it, and then you can do the thing that you want to do with the special magic object. Can I tell you one quick thing? Yeah. Uh Again, I hate doing this. It's not my favorite thing to do. But if I made this movie... Oh, there it is. There's something that's so obviously... I felt like it was so obvious and it was right there. They didn't do it. So, it's at the end. Chris Pratt summons his dad fully. You see him talking to him. Uh, uh, Tom Holland sees him through the rubble, just the back. And I was like, oh, okay, he's going to be happy. He's going to, like, you know, sit down away from the rubble. Then he's going to hear, hey, 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 you. And then Tom Holland's going to be like, oh, dad, how are you? I'm great. I'm doing well. And it would be a clear parallel to what he was talking to him through the voice recorder. I was like, oh, that, I was starting to tear up. I was like, oh, that's what they're going to do. That classic Pixar magic. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love... What? Like, again, I understand. The point is him letting go of his father, of him never meeting his father. But I, I, I there's... As the great poet George Lucas said, you know, there's beats. It's poetry. It rhymes. As much as those prequels are good, he knows storytelling. He does. It, 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 there's a rhythm. It just felt... That just felt so odd. <sighs> I... I sort of agree. I think that I think that, that subversion was... Intentional. You think so? Yeah. I get that. It felt... Like, to me at least, it felt like this is a setup to that story. Of, like... We get to see that at the end of, of them talking through the rubble um, but the the story being like I don't like letting go of that I think was was intentional yeah it was also for uh, the filmmakers they're like yeah we'll have this be and then some guy was like why 
And they were like, because screw Andrew Thomas. <laughs> yeah, because fuck and then the guy that in the room one was like, dude. Who? And they were like, you'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah, I for, think the uh, going back to the D and D stuff. I think it I think yes. it worked really well. Um, I I very much like as soon as it like panned down and you saw all the little minis and the dice on the on the table. I was like, that's great. I'm very. I was like, it immediately was like, oh great, I'm into this. Like, yeah, that was the thing that was that hooked me into the world, and I was like, great, let's do it, let's go. Um, and. Yeah, I thought that I thought it was fun. I liked the magic system that they had. Um, uh, I liked all those sequences of of little Tom Holland trying to learn magic. It was cute. Those yeah, were, those the were softer nice. moments did work. Yeah. Um. But yeah, overall, I don't know. I liked this. I I think I I appreciated the details of this movie more than I liked the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I can a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. It's it, because, like, um, when at the very beginning of the movie, and he goes to the fast food restaurant, and he meets that guy, and he's like, "Oh, I heard. I'm sorry that your dad passed." In the back, you see it says, "Now serving second breakfast." Uh, <laughs> That's so good. It's, yeah, it's stuff like that. That's great. Uh, I bet you know. I'm a sucker. As much as I don't like Disney, I'm probably going to see this again sometime in my life. Yeah. Probably sometime this year. I bet in that pawn shop, there's a oh, million things. I'm, I, could, I could guarantee that you see, like... Um, oh, I just forgot the name of it. I, uh, Sorry, I just got a call. Um, no, you're cool. I could, I could, like... I could bet that... What is that sword card called from Lord of the Rings? Oh, Sting? No. Well, Sting, yes, but the, uh, the broken one. Oh, that's one. Game of Thrones. Uh, Sting? Yeah, is it not? That's her... That's Arya's sword. No, that's Needle. Needle? What's Sting? Sting oh, is the that glowing. that is Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm sure Sting oh, is in there. Sting. I'm sure the broken one that oh. Aragorn has. I'm sure that's in there. Like, it's... I would... I would... I could almost... I, I don't know if it is. But I could almost guarantee that, like, there's a glass case on the side that has that sword, like, in its pieces. Yeah. Like, just, or it's just, like, the middle piece. Yeah. Just something is there. I could almost guarantee yeah. that that exists. Because I think this movie I, was, like, very clearly made with love for fantasy. Yes. Uh, and for D&D and for that history of of uh, Lord of the Rings and, and Game of Thrones and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't think it executed the overall movie as well as the as I as I've said the details the details of this movie are better than the um, this movie is not better than the sum of its parts I guess yes yes it was well said um, just because we have a little time we can end on this uh, what like. I'll go first because I'll have a lot less to say. What is it about D&D that is special? Um, oh, boy. I think that would be a fun thing to, to talk about. I'll go first because I'll have a lot less to say uh, <laughs> than you. Uh, but, yeah, I really, we, Sam is the one who got me into it. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It's something, you know, I'm, as I said many times on, on this podcast, I'm not big into video games. 
but whatever itch or whatever itch that uh, I have, D&D kind of scratches that yeah. because it's not that hand-eye coordination I need. You can still think strategy, you know, uh, have a strategy game with a story. And especially it's cool when you have a story that your friend made uh, or even a, a book story that your friend, whoever is DMing, kind of tweaks around. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really really cool and fun. I if don't be a macho person, don't be like oh that's for nerds. I'm not gonna play D and D. It's really 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 fun. It's great, yeah. Uh, but what about you? Yeah, D and D is has been a special thing in my life for for many years now. Um, it I after. When I was in high school, my friend Aaron got me into Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and through Magic the Gathering, we started, like, playing other sort of tabletop games. Like, uh, the big one that we started playing first was Munchkin, which is like D&D, but like a funny card game. Um, which is very, very fun. I highly recommend Munchkin. Um, and through that, that sort of expanded my interest into... Other tabletop games. Um, so when my mom moved out and I was living on my own after I graduated, uh, I started like getting more and more board games, um, like small, like fun party games. Like I, uh, I had Munchkin. Um, I had I have a game called Super Fight where you like draw like characters and superpowers, and then you like pair them up, and then you get like a random one, and then you have to argue with your friends about who would win in a fight. Uh, and it's just like fun and nerdy and, and, you know, for a group of nerdy teenagers, it's like, this is great. We can argue about, uh, who would win in a fight, like, uh, I don't know, Wolverine in a mech suit, uh, and he's 20 feet tall or, uh, Jesus with like adamantium, uh, or I guess, uh, Jesus with like gravity control powers, uh, and he's always drowning like who wins like there's just like weird arguments that like okay what is this weird situation let's fight about it um and then yeah it was like me and my friends were having like a board game night at my place we were playing betrayal at the house on the hill i think and then i was like man i've always wanted to play D and then a couple of my other friends were like yeah i've also always wanted to play D and then my uh buddy curran was like oh well i play D and i could like run a game for you guys and we were like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, let's make dreams come true. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then over the next like year and a half before I moved to New York, we played a game pretty much every week uh, of this one campaign that, that Curran wrote. And it was really fun and interesting. And it was like, it became an excuse to like see my friends all the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because we have this like set day every week that they all come over to my house and we sit around and eat snacks and pizza and roll some dice and have some fun um and yeah it's just like this very for me it's a very social like experience of like hey here's an excuse for us for us to sit down and have fun together and laugh and tell a story because i as it's very clear if you've listened to any other episodes of our podcast i am a big fan of stories um storytelling is like my favorite thing in the whole world uh, and D and D is, 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 and any tabletop game is really an excuse to tell stories with your friends. 
Um, and it's really fun. And you can, like, some of the best nights and laughs of my life have been sitting around a table with playing d and I, I will always remember the, the, uh, the time-stuck town that we were doing. And you were like, time is not like a mountain. And we all just, yeah. like, burst out laughing. Like, that's, that's a, a wonderful memory that, that wouldn't have happened if we weren't sitting around a table playing D&D. You know? Yeah. So it's just a very, spe- and- it's just a very special <clears throat> little thing that, that um, has meant a lot, lot to me for many years. Yes. And uh, one thing that I truly do hope that this movie does for the children that it's intended for is that for some, even if it's just one, They'll get them into D and D. Yeah, yeah. There's a the starter kit is really easy to understand for fifth edition. Um, they've released a like a Stranger Things edition of it, so that that can also help younger people get into yes. it. Um, but fifth edition is so accessible, and I I like the system that I run is is Pathfinder, which is a little bit different uh, for anybody who gives a shit about stuff like that. Um, I run Pathfinder mixed with some 5e stuff because I don't love all of Pathfinder. Um, but I like it a lot more than I like 5e. Um, but 5th edition is so easy to understand. It's so simple. And that's such a good thing for people who are getting into this hobby, to, who are mm-hmm. just discovering it, who are, who are really trying to dig their teeth into something. Or just like sit around and have fun with their friends. You don't need to know all these intricate details of a game system. Because it's easy to understand. It's like, cool, I roll this dice to hit, and then I roll this to damage. You don't have all these like crazy different modifiers like you do in Pathfinder. Yeah. Like fifth edition is really easy to understand. So it's 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 uh, I I will always appreciate fifth edition for that. Yeah. Even if it's not something that I want to play all the time. And yeah, uh, for onward, hopefully. They'll get to do that. Yeah, if it, if this, um, yeah, I agree. I think if if this can introduce a younger audience into that whole world, like they go see it with their parents and like, what is this quests of your thing that they that they are talking about? And then their parents can be like, oh, that's based on Dungeons and Dragons. Then they can be like, what's that? And then maybe their parents are into D anD D, and they can be like, oh, well, yeah. I'll teach you. Like, I'll yeah. let's go buy the starter kit. Let's play a game as a family. Or even if their parents are like, oh, that's some nerd stuff. Uh, they, you know, everyone has a smartphone now. You can just look up D&D, see how easy it is. See yeah. the YouTube tutorials and the YouTube stories. Yeah, there are so are many YouTube there. videos. There are po- like dozens of podcasts that are all amazing for different reasons. Uh, Ear boys. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Adventure Zone. Uh, they, they have their, their whole po- D&D podcast. Um, like uh, Critical Role is the big one. I personally am not a big fan of Critical Role. It's not my particular jam, um, but obviously it's insanely popular. So it is a lot of people's jam. Um, so like check like there are so many ways to be involved in Dungeons and Dragons without playing it. Um, but a lot of schools, like a lot of junior high schools and high schools, are having like Dungeons and Dragons clubs where you can go once a week and just like be like, hey, what is this thing? And they will teach yeah. you. Like they'll be like, "Hey, welcome! Come on in! Let's play this game." It's a bit, like it's such an inclusive hobby, um, and obviously there are like shitty people in it, but yeah. it, but overall, I have found the 
D&D and, and tabletop role-playing game communities to be very supportive and very lovely. Um, I think that is sort of a unique experience. I don't know if everybody everybody has that. But if you find the right little group of people who are all like hanging out together and like telling a story together, um, Dungeons & Dragons is 10 out of 10, like the best thing you could do. Dungeons & Dragons, 10 out of 10, 100%. Onward, on a scale of 1 to 100, I give it uh, 68. I was also going to say 68. Yeah, solid 68. I was listening to one of our old podcasts, and we said that, and I was like, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, because we decided that we we aren't like reviewers. Yeah, we're not reviewers, but I still like a... If we had to give it a number... Yeah, every once in a while, I think it's good to pop it in, just to get a good read. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say like 68, 67, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere, Somewhere in that high 60s. Yeah, for sure. It's not 50. It's definitely not no, 50. No, no, no. I it's laughed. not a 60. But it's not a 70. It's not a 70. It's definitely not a 71. No. It dreams to be a 71. Yeah. Uh, but well, I could also see this being like someone's favorite movie of the year. And if that is you, that it's not like, oh, well, you're dumb. You the, the, the. No, I I definitely get it. Totally. It just didn't hit that, it. It, that itch for us. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Shot That's the sheep okay. Farmageddon did. <laughs> uh, my name is Sam Bannigan. And I'm Andrew Thomas. You can find me at Sam Bannigan on all the social medias that I use, namely Instagram and Twitter. You can find me in the uh, the magical caves of of Vamalahan. And also, <laughs> you can uh, if you're in the New York area. Okay, wait, on... hold on. Gotta do the. You can find the podcast oh. at Welcome Back Pod on all the social media. Oh that we yes, use. I apologize. Also, namely Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, and w- what else do you got? What else for me, Sam? Well, I'll tell you. Hey, you at the barricade? Listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I I am the way I am. I apologize. Uh, I'm producing a show, Woo. and if you're in the New York City area, I'd love to see you. It's going to be at the Under St. Mark's Theater. From March 12th through the 14th and March 19th through the 21st, all the shows start at 7.30. I'd love to see you there. It'd be absolutely amazing. What's it called? Have a grand old time. The show is called The Insects. Like I I said, The Insects. That's the (laughs) show's name. If you can find us on all those platforms, just type in The Insects Plays. I'd love to see you there. Yeah, check out some cool theater. Uh, all the people involved are super dope. We love them very much. Uh, you can uh, find the links to all of our places uh, on welcomebackpod.com. Uh, we, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We have an RSS feed um, where you can rate and review the track on all those things because that means the world to us if you could do that. Um, you could also join our producer, Kate, uh, on our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash welcomebackpod. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, get the big thing, uh, if you support us on Patreon, is you get a bonus episode uh, every month of us talking about a, a movie that the patrons uh, actually get to pick as well. Um, so we have a bunch of different tiers on there that you can check out, patreon.com slash welcomebackpod. Um, so if you want to support the show monetarily, that is the way to do it. Or, or yes. what else can they do to support the show, Andrew? We all understand 
that sometimes money is hard to give, especially when you don't have it. Yeah. Oh, believe me, I understand. Oh, we get it. So if you like this show, if you like it at all, just share it. Share it to someone who also felt our feelings about this movie. Or if you loved it and think we had some pretty good points, share it to some other people. Uh, you know, we're not. I hope we're not trolls or haters. I hope we give good opinions. And if you yeah. think we do have good opinions, just tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell all of them. So nice. Um, uh, listen to us on your next D&D. Uh, yeah, listen to us day. while you're setting up for your D&D um, thing. Uh, and uh, I think that's actually, Andrew, in that room that was locked before. Um, there's a, a couple goblins in there. So I'm going to need you to roll initiative uh, because uh, it's fight. It's a fight time. All right. So listen, man. Yeah, what's that? It's not a nat one. Okay. I got a three. I mean, look, that's better than that's that's better than one. You are still gonna go last because the goblins did roll a seventeen, so they are gonna uh, they are gonna go first. Um. So I guess get ready. This is the nerdiest uh, bit we've ever done. I love it. Though. Okay, great. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>